Hello and welcome to the Guys Like Us podcast. This is your host, Tyler Brondike. Today I'm joined with Bob Loddick, who's an author, blogger, and podcaster. So stay tuned. Welcome back, everyone, to the Guys Like Us podcast. This is your host, Tyler Brondike. Today I'm joined with Bob Loddick who's an author, blogger, and podcaster, is truly a financial coach and planner, and we dig into all things finance, money, management, good stewardship, um, everything that gives you the, let's talk about money, um, (laughs) conversation that you have at home, um, your personal life, your wife, your family, or wherever that looks like in your context. But we, we talk about it in the, the framework of joy because it is, it is more blessed to give than to receive. And God loves a cheerful giver as well. Bob, in his new book, Rich Life, Achieve True Financial Freedom and Design a Life of Eternal Impact, um, is available at the end of April. And we dig into good stewardship, realizing that the money and the resources we have, um, we manage and they truly belong to God. So we are managers in the kingdom. We talk about earning, saving, giving, and just enjoying our our finances and um, how we think about freedom and how we think about the the eternal impact and how um, you know this these might seem like contradictory statements, um, but actually. There is freedom in giving and freedom in saving, and um, excited to, to dig into a whole lot more uh, of this conversation. So, without further ado, here is my my talk with Bob, and I hope this is um, a good good time for you to tune in and hopefully take some of these practices and principles and just some of the understandings into your life. Bob, thanks so much for joining me and the guys like us here. Yeah, Tyler, thanks for having me, man. I'm excited to chat. Oh, certainly. Um, you know, I, I've been very excited about, for our conversation. I think in the past few years, everybody has been thinking about money and how we spend <laughs> spend our money. Um, I know certainly my wife and I have been, you know, really getting establishing budgets and just trying to think through as we're um, kind of planning and just living and n- noticing the changes that have happened. Um, yeah. It's certainly a, a hot button topic, uh, I'd say. But um, yeah, thanks for joining. Just kind of want to hear a little bit, you know, about your kind of your background for folks who don't know you and how you kind of got into this, you know, this financial world. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, like you mentioned, uh, since 2020, yeah, a lot of the, a lot of people view money very differently. I mean, I remember just kind of going through that. It's like, oh, wow. Okay, so now I understand why some people recommend an emergency fund. And it'd be mm-hmm. really nice if we had this money saved aside, you know? So, uh, yeah, the world is very different with that since yeah. that point. But a um, little background on me. I yeah. have been uh, worked in the banking industry for a few years. Then I worked in the financial services industry for a few years. And then uh, I mean, we might get into some of some of the podcasts. Yeah. But yeah. long story short, got um, laid off. Um, in 2008 from the financial firm as they were all buying each other out and that whole craziness Mm -hmm. that was Mm -hmm. going on Mm -hmm. and uh got laid off then god kind of kicked me out of the boat to start my own thing which was a blog in 2008 sharing a lot of you know probably what we're talking about today just some of these concepts of how we can manage our money better um 
and how we can win with money and do it the right way. And, uh, and so that was what I began. 2008 began blogging. And then since then, added on a podcast. We've been checking with that. Um, mm-hmm, doing mm-hmm. YouTube, writing a book, um, and all the stuff. And so that's what I've been doing the last 15 years or so. Yeah, no, that's really, it's funny. I think these past two years, as you mentioned, people are now really thinking about, uh, I think you noted the change of how we view money or the change of how yeah. we view our finances. And it's funny now that I, as I'm reading in my Bible, just, you know, my daily devotionals or at church, I start to notice kind of how important money and stewardship and, and wealth is in the scriptures. And so just yeah. kind of, how have you thought about that kind of from a worldview of how we think about and this this can kind of go very deep yeah. into some different areas, but just generally, how do we think of money as um, maybe what's helpful for our audience? Yeah, I mean that point you just made though. It's like I, you know, and I haven't calculated this myself, but I've heard over and over again yeah. that there are more scriptures about money than there are about heaven and hell combined, which is pretty crazy when you think about it. Mm-hmm. And I remember mm-hmm. that was one of the like first revelations I had as I was like trying to climb out of the massive debt that I had mm-hmm. and the financial mm-hmm. mess that I had made. Mm-hmm. And I remember like seeing mm-hmm. some Bible verses about money and it's like, oh, wow. And then just seeing one after another. I mean, Proverbs mm-hmm. is full of them. Ecclesiastes yeah, has yeah. some. There's plenty in the New Testament. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like once you see it, it's like, wow, this book's thousands of years old and has some financial advice in it that's mm-hmm. still relevant for today. And I, I don't know. I was just mm-hmm. really mm-hmm. surprised by that and excited by it. Mm-hmm. Because, um, you know, like it says, I think it's an Ecclesiastes, it's just nothing new under the sun. It's like, you know, things yeah. look a little bit different. It might be in a new package, but fundamentally the same issues and problems. Yeah. It's like yeah. the human nature problems and we've always been dealing with them. So um, in terms of my yeah. mindset shift, the thing that kind of really helped me mm-hmm. in this whole journey was just yeah. understanding this concept of stewardship. Understanding this idea that I am not an owner that God is the owner and I'm just simply a manager, you mm-hmm. know, and we see this mm-hmm. in the parable of the talents and this whole idea of, you know, this landowner, he, this guy, wealthy guy, presumably, um, delegates to three different people. It gives them the one guy, one, the other guy, two, and the other guy, five, um, according to their ability. And he says, there, do something with this. I'm entrusting this right. to you. And, right. you know, and I think that that represents a lot of things. I think it's more than just money. I think it's, you know, our time we're responsible for, our kids, if God's given us kids to stewardship. But I, mm-hmm, but I also mm-hmm. think it applies to our money as well, to where we have been giving something. We're entrusted with something to manage for his glory, really. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And when we understand that, it helps us to make different financial decisions. Just like if you're going to the store and spending someone else's money, you spend it differently than if you're spending your own money. That's a good point. And, uh, yeah. and I think... That just like in the parable of the talents, when we take what God has entrusted us, when we manage it well, I think he's more likely to let us manage more, you know, just like that parable illustrates. So mm-hmm. um, that's mm-hmm. what I'm trying to be. That's what I want to be when I grow up. I want to be somebody who manages what I've been entrusted with well mm-hmm. for his glory. Mm-hmm. You know, and beyond that, like I think we have the opportunity to um, – really amplify and use money as a tool to kind of push forward the things that he's put in our hearts. So the things that he's called us to do, the people that he's called us to reach, mm-hmm. like we can use money as an amplifier to push that further, further faster. And that's, mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. that's just got me really excited. Yeah, no, I likewise. And I, I think it's, it's fascinating. And one of I feel like there's several responses that we have people as people have toward our, our spending or our saving or investing and, what are some of the ones that you encounter on a daily basis of 
you know, Bob, I have a question. I'm, this is happening and clearly there's a problem, right? Or what, yeah. what are the kind of the big pitfalls that people fall into or, you know, or kind of at the extreme, you know, just, you know, disobedience and management of, you know, or good stewardship. Yeah. What have you kind of seen as the, some of the big, I have an, some ideas, but I've, you know, obviously yeah. I would love to hear. Yeah. I mean, I think one of the most common ones, I mean, yeah, there's a lot, there's a lot of different stuff, <laughs> yeah. but I think there's a lot of people who, um, you know, honestly feel like I make enough money. I make a decent amount of money, but it feels like there's nothing there. I feel like I get to the end of the month and there's just like nothing left. And, uh, and that is a problem that actually is normally pretty easy to solve. Uh, and I, you know, it feels like, you know, cause when you first bump into that, it feels like I have no idea what to, I don't know how to solve this problem, but it's actually, mm-hmm. that's one mm-hmm. of like the perfect, um, fairly easy problems to solve in terms of management because, one of the things that we talk about in the mm-hmm. book, and I'm always talking to students about this, is this idea of mm-hmm. if we're managers, like a good manager knows what they're managing. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like if I went and hired a many managers that here's a million dollars, like go do something with it, like, you know, make it more. And I went back to that guy and, you know, six months later said, Hey, how's it been going? He's like, mm-hmm. I have no mm-hmm. idea. I don't really mm-hmm. know. Like, I think it's going okay. Like, I'm not mm-hmm. really sure. Like, mm-hmm. I'd fire him in a heartbeat. Yeah. And yeah. on the other hand, like, why should we? be expecting anything different if we're God's money managers or whatever, if you want to put it in that lens. And so the way that we do that is simply by paying attention to what we're doing with our spending. And so, you know, there's, what's great is there's so many apps that help with this today. So two that I'm always recommending are personal capital, personalcapital.com or mint.com. Both of these apps are completely free. You can go in there, plug in your information. And then within about 15 minutes, you can have all of the information of how much you've spent for the last three months and Mm -hmm. see exactly where your money has been going. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that is really, really helpful for so many people who are mm-hmm. get to the end of the month and feel like there's, I, I don't know where it all went. I don't know. Right. Blah, blah, blah. Right. You, you need to know where it all went. And it's really, yep. really easy because yep. there's free apps that will do this for yep. you. And so that's what I'm always recommending. Start there, find out exactly what's going on because Tyler, we talk to people like I was talking to this couple not too long ago. They were mm-hmm. about ready to sell their house because they felt like things are so tight. I don't know what to do. Like, and they were freaking out. And so, um, in this conversation, I said, all right, well, how much are you guys spending on food, like eating out and stuff? And like, ah, we probably spend $200 a month eating out. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, we're pretty tight on that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I said, do Mm -hmm. this exercise. And so they went through and did it. And I said, all right, how'd it go? They said, we found out we were spending $800 a month eating out. Like I would have swore we were spending 200, actually 800. And like, that is not uncommon that people have these like crazy ah ahas where it's like, whoa, I was so off of my estimations. And yeah. so doing that simple exercise allows you to actually see the truth, see the actual problem spots. So then hmm. you can spend some energy fixing yeah. it. That's great. And that's, well, I'm, I, I'm getting, I feel good because that's what I just did recently. I was like, oh good, I'm, I'm taking yeah. the good first step. And that's, we, we, my wife and I used to, it's like True Bill or something similar, yeah. I think is the name. Yep. But it, that was it. Yeah, we there's no- a ton of options. Yeah, for sure. And we noticed the biggest things for us was rent. <laughs> rent is, mm-hmm. especially in New England, is not, it's not very yeah. gracious here. Rent. And then um, another one was gas for us. You know, we do a lot of driving. And then right and right as well was food, and the biggest thing was on how much we spend out, um, and we just you know we can change groceries or even do cut thirty dollars in groceries by going to Aldi's instead of maybe yeah. Yeah. you know Whole Foods or Trader Joe's or something cut like that. Cut more dirty. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely per week yeah. per week or however yeah. you know oh, yeah. fifty yeah. or however much we do, and we're like wow that's you know it's just kind of start 
little by little, step by step. And so I, I yeah. love kind of the breakdown you have in the book. And so simple money, rich life, achieve true financial freedom and, des- and design a life of eternal impact, which is yeah. available in, uh, toward the end of this April 26th. Is that, that's the official release that's date. Um, that's correct. And um, I love how you kind of the, what you were kind of working out, save, earn, give, and enjoy. So yeah. the initial, why, why did we start with save and, and then uh, on the flip side, why did you end with enjoy as well? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so the framework for this book is kind of built off of a framework that Lynn and I have followed the last 15 years, Lynn okay. and my wife. Yeah. And, and that was inspired by a John Wesley quote that I've always loved for years and years. And essentially the quote is this, and I'll give you the modern version instead yeah, sure. of the old English version. He's sure. an old preacher from a couple hundred years ago. And, uh, and he, he says, you know, I work and he was a preacher, but he would travel and speak and write. And he said, I work in my writing so mm-hmm, I can earn mm-hmm. as much as I can. And then I reduce my expenses and minimize waste, um, so that I can free up extra cash. And I do all that so that I can give as much as possible. Mm-hmm. And so essentially he saw his, mm-hmm, his mm-hmm. work as an opportunity to, uh, mm-hmm. glorify God not only through his work but what he earned in it so that he could then take those earnings and use them to advance right. the kingdom through right. giving and generosity and impacting other things right. and, and part of that too was his reduction of expenses it's like it's such a practical thing you know but so many of us have so many areas where we're just wasting money um, on like all kinds of different things that we don't even care about yeah. and so it's like if we can just carve out some of that reduce some of that so we can have some extra income to again like fund um the thing that god has called us to do if he's mm-hmm. given us a vision to whatever like you know to uh support a whole bunch of different uh kids in need or mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. open up a uh, you know an orphanage over in mexico right. like any right. number of different things that yep. god might put yep. on our heart yep. it doesn't matter what it is but if we can use our resources to do that um that's really powerful and then the mm-hmm. other aspect that we added to this lynn yeah. and i just in our own journey was this mm-hmm. enjoy component because yeah. i believe that we can enjoy all three of these things. I know people, you probably do too, are miserable with the work that they do. Plenty of people are miserable like trying to reduce their expenses and wanting to do that. And then yeah. Yeah. also we know plenty of people are miserable giving. And uh, and we found oh, a way yeah. to enjoy all of them. And so that's kind of our goal. That's yeah. our uh, you know, MO with everything. It's like we want to do this stuff, but let's enjoy it because we, right. we can. We can enjoy all of these different things. And so that was how we built out the book, kind of framework behind it is like we're trying to help people do each of those, help you earn more, help you reduce your expenses without cutting into your lifestyle much, help you enjoy the fruit of giving. Like giving is such an enjoyable thing if you do it the right way. And so that was kind of the strategy behind how we laid it out. No, absolutely. And I think um, the scripture that came to mind was God loves a cheerful giver as well. And so when we think about it, I, I, I like the I like the the save, but then also the enjoy. And I feel like, as you said, we can have on one end, we can have people who are, um, or yeah, or there's a saving, and there's just not there's there's not a an enjoyment. Or again, on the other side, there's this yeah. enjoyment, but this lack of responsibility as well. And I think there's this both and there. I mean, often yeah. I don't know my when I think of money, and when I think of it mentioned in a church context, or it's always like you know this is a lot of different everyone has a lot of baggage when it comes with it good or bad and yeah. there's like this pro, people some people think the prosperity gospel and then yeah. like oh that's the initial association when you when anyone talks about money and talks about you yeah. know what what Jesus would do with money yeah. um 
and then there's this other kind of yeah and then the other thing is just to push it off and just to continue to save up and and to not enjoy or to bless or to give and so um yeah, yeah it's just i and i feel like that's perhaps as i talk to others as well what what have you encountered kind of of how when we think of it not you know not simply from our own finances but then when we think of it has how it's how we've been impacted in our church experience or in our you know our christian education experience what 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 typically comes out when you yeah. when you talk about this yeah so i mean like you mentioned I, I have seen two really common extremes one is you know the prosperity version of whatever maybe you're wealthier or you're uh, more righteous if you're wealthy right we all we've all seen some of that and then on the other extreme though is this idea that you're more righteous if you're poor um, That's and it. I've bumped That's into it. a good bit yeah. of that as well. And I honestly think that the, the biblical balance, when you read the Bible as a whole, mm-hmm. it's somewhere in between. Um, and I and fundamentally, I think it all comes down to the heart. Like when I look at all of the mm-hmm. verses throughout mm-hmm. Scripture, especially in the New Testament, that's the common denominator. That's a common theme mm-hmm. that we see is that Jesus is after our hearts. And when money gets in the way, when money is the thing that we're after, when that's the thing that we're putting our trust in rather than him, when that's the thing that we're looking at, you know, we're looking at our boss as our provider, our jobs as our provider rather than God. Like that's when we start to get off and start drifting from the way that I believe God has for us to manage all this. Right. There's a way to do this right. Um, And it's it's a fine line and it's not easy. But at the end of the day, like we all have to deal with it. It doesn't matter whether we are uh, attempting to earn more or not. Like we all have to deal with money like just in this era. And so Mm -hmm, we mm -hmm. might as well try to sort it out and work through these things because Mm -hmm. they're not going away. You know what Mm -hmm, I mean? mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then I think I think that's it too. And then you, you know, because um, and if you, perhaps if we if you save up too much or if you kind of hoard in, then he turns into greed, and then we yeah. see the the challenge of that. So I love the giving. Yeah, or this thing where I'm trusting in my savings rather than God. Correct. That's a dangerous place, and it's like I don't think there's anything wrong with saving for retirement or anything like that. But right. if that becomes where your trust is, then you're in trouble. Like, and that's where we don't want to be. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, absolutely. One of the things I have been thinking about, and as I've had conversations with others, and I've started to hear kind of through how we think about debt, and yeah. I've heard different perspectives on credit cards. So some people, or you'll hear on one end, you know, you don't want to get yourself in too deep of a debt and credit card, but then, like myself, who is looking, and maybe others are, or who are listening, are looking to buy a house, and you need credit lines. Um, at least in, in, you need a, you know, 30 year mortgage here. And if you're looking in new England or some of these, some of these areas. And so somebody at my church, we were speaking, he said, actually, you know what? I followed this approach, um, to not, to not do any credit, anything on credit. And now I have no credit lines. And so it's, it's really hurting me because I'm not able to get apply for a mortgage. Um, So I, I'm curious. I again, I have we're just getting into this, so I just want to kind of hear a little bit from you of how you've thought about credit cards and how that kind of plays in. Yeah. Um, so I tend to think of credit cards just like a chainsaw. That's kind of the best analogy, where it's like mm-hmm. it's a dangerous tool um, and it can can cause harm. Like if you don't, if you're not using it properly. But at the end of the day, when you're chopping down a tree, it's just a whole lot easier than using an axe. You know, and so, you know, so I wouldn't like have my eight year old son run out there with a chainsaw and chop down a tree. But at the end of the day, like I've had to chop down a few and I'm really, really thankful for it. And so I view the credit Mm -hmm. card pretty much the same way where it's like 
early on, like we got ourselves in trouble with credit cards and a lot right. of people do. Right. And if that's you, right. like you have to know yourself and if that's you, then stay away from credit cards. And so we stopped using credit cards for like seven years. And once we got our financial life in order and felt like, all right, I think we can handle it. Like we, you know, we ended up creating three rules and I'll just go through them for yeah, you real quick. Please, please. That um, we found to be real, really helpful that have helped us, you know, for the last, I don't know, 10, 12 years, not have any issues with credit cards. So the first one was that we never use them once we went back and started using them again, we never use them for discretionary expenses. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so these are any categories where, uh, there's a temptation to spend more. And so gotcha. eating out, going to the grocery store, like both of these areas, like we just noticed that when there's no kind of hard cap, like it can just get bigger and bigger and bigger, you know? So, so we use them for, um, not necessarily fixed expenses, but expenses where there's no temptation to overspend. So for example, our electric bill or something like that, there's no temptation for me to overspend on electricity. It's like, mm -hmm. it just is what it is. I use the amount that I use. Mm -hmm. um, and mm -hmm. so because of that, you know, and just bills like that and any, whatever, credit card bill and stuff like mm -hmm. that, mm -hmm. or not credit card, I'm sorry, uh, cell phone bill, okay. where again, there's no temptation for me to overspend on that. I and see. so all of those expenses, because there's no temptation, it doesn't balloon. It's the same amount each month generally. Mm -hmm. And so that has helped us a lot. Um, to not have that be in a ballooning kind of um, right. expense right. that we need to pay at the end of the month. So that was our first rule. It's like, we're going to do it like that. The next one is that we would never carry a balance and that if we ever carried a balance, couldn't pay it off at the end of the month, then we just cut them up and be done with them again. And then the right. third rule for us was that we decided if we're going to do this and make a point of getting a credit card, we're going to make it work for us and actually be beneficial. Because what I think most people don't realize is that the difference between a good credit card and an actual yeah, uh, like mediocre kind of credit card in terms of rewards that you get from it. It's not like twice as good. It's like 10 times or 20 times better. And so when you get the right rewards credit card, it actually can make a huge difference. And so okay. in our case, we ended up, we had a five-year period where we mm -hmm. got over 100 free flights and over 100 hotel nights from our credit card points that we had accumulated. Um, and so oh, wow. if you do it right um, and spend them right, like you can actually go make a big, big difference and have, okay. yeah, just get crazy rewards from them and so right. for us um that okay. made it you know kind of all three of those rules working together like we've been uh very very benefited by using credit cards okay so just to recap so the first one was on discretionary spending and to yeah. try and have it mainly on um more yeah, or less fixed expenses. yeah non-discretionary yeah. so our yeah. electric or the bills that you're going to pay every month um and would you would you say gas would be a reasonable one to, to count on, or you think gas can get yeah, more? Yeah, I think so. I mean, you know, right. and it's like in, these are our rules. Like anybody right. can run with them, apply them how they yeah. like. But uh, but yeah, I mean, I think for us, gas was always one where again, it's I'm not tempted to spend more now. If I go into lows, I am tempted to overspend. Right. You know, and so right. having a wall in place to kind of prevent that mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. is gotcha. is super helpful for me. You know, mm -hmm. so that's kind of why we set it up that way. Mm -hmm. So now we've I've heard these different rules or components on on um, on like on budgeting and so different percentages of how to kind of allocate our spending and our expenses. You kind of have um, kind of a framework or a conception of how we should think about you know X percent here, Y percent here, that can kind of help create a good budget that's healthy where we're able to you know have that saving component but also have that joy component as well. Enjoy um, and. And I think you're you're asking about percentages in terms of how much to spend on housing and food and stuff like that. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, those are really tough um, because, like you said, you live in New England and your cost of living, you know, to rent a place 
is so much different than in the middle of Oklahoma. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Mm-hmm. And so, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, there's there's general rules of thumb, but I always just kind of like, I don't even, yeah. I, yeah, I just don't like them because yeah. it's such a different conversation right. that for you versus whatever, Joe Schmo in the middle right. of Oklahoma. Um, and then on top of that, when you add in the factor of tithing, you know, right. which right. like that, that adds a whole nother piece of at least all of the secular kind of um, recommendations for this. Cause it's like most people aren't giving 10% of their money or whatever. Right. So it's like, Correct. how do you right. add that? You know? So my point is, is right. that those general rules of thumb, I don't love just okay. because okay. there's so many, and they no, have to be adapted yeah. so widely. Um, yeah. That, yep. Anyway. So no, I'm sorry I, for the pop out, but. No, I, I, it's it's hard for us to think about that because we don't fall the, the tithing component doesn't necessarily fall in, but then we're able to you know we don't have um, you know other, some other payments that folks have, and so we it's just you kind of we're able to kind of some we're gonna maybe add an extra little bit here and and cut a little bit here and then the cost of living, so I, I think it's challenging, but that's all. Yeah, I mean, and, you know, and diving back into that a little bit more, I think one of the best things we can do though, again, is starting with that exercise is seeing how much money we're spending on whatever um and just starting to sculpt and trim down based on that so for example um uh you know if i were spending whatever fifteen hundred dollars a month on groceries or something and mm-hmm. um you know and i'm living in a one-bedroom apartment and, and and i'm looking at everything holistically and realizing mm-hmm. all right wait a minute i'm spending more on groceries than i am on rent it's like, all right, maybe mm-hmm. we can mm-hmm. turn this knob down a little bit. And so, mm-hmm. because I think all of us know, like when we look at the breakdown of where all of our money is going, like the areas, the initial feeling is that, all right, nothing can change. Like there's, I, I have no room to change anything. Mm-hmm. But when you mm-hmm. actually look into it, there are certain things where it's like, all right, this is probably a hard stop. So for mm-hmm. example, electric bill, it's like, there are some knobs I can maybe turn whatever, flipping off the lights a little bit more, or whatever, making mm-hmm. it, mm-hmm. um, 50 degrees in my house in the yeah. winter or something like that like yeah. things you can turn there but even still like if you're in a one-bedroom apartment you might save 15 20 a month or something sure um but on the other hand groceries if you're spending 1500 a month on eating out or something like that it's like there's a lot of room here that can change like yeah. by shifting grocery stores by cutting coupons by right. whatever not going out to eat as much and bringing okay. your lunch like there's a lot more room to adjust that mm-hmm. if that mm-hmm. makes sense yeah no, it's, it's all very helpful. And I, I don't want to get too deep into the, I'd love for folks to get a copy of the book too and to, to, to explore a little bit more, but would love just if, it, if you're all right with it, you know, walk through just a few more of these just for just a high level overview of the, especially kind of with the earning and then also with the giving. Um, yeah. When I think of earning, I just think of general salary. Is there, but is there other components that you're advocating for and how we think of earning? Yeah. Um, so I think one of the most important things for me that I realized, and I didn't know this at the beginning of my career, Tyler, but because yeah. um, I just set out and I went in this big uh, Fortune 500 company, walked yeah. in the, yeah. basically walked into HR and said, give me any job, you know, and I was kind of um, idealistic in thinking that I just go in here and I just work hard and I'm going to have a corner office in 10 years or something like yeah. that. And so uh, I went there and I, they put me in a job and, um, mm-hmm. and I did work hard. But the problem was is that I was in, the, I was in a position I wasn't naturally gifted for. Mm-hmm. And when you're doing work that you're not naturally gifted for, um, there's a quote by Einstein that I love mm-hmm. where he mm-hmm. says, um, mm-hmm. how does it go? If you 
Yeah, if you judge a fish by his ability to climb a tree, he will spend his whole life thinking that he's stupid. Right. And and I noticed for myself, like I felt like a fish trying to climb a tree. Like I could have worked as hard as I wanted, but I wasn't naturally gifted for the work. And so therefore, mm-hmm. I'm working mm-hmm. so hard, I'm spinning my wheels, but I'm not getting ahead. And then meanwhile, some of my coworkers who were more whatever, like squirrels or monkeys or whatever, yeah. like have no problem climbing yeah. this tree. And meanwhile, I'm just sitting there like struggling and struggling mm, and struggling. Okay. okay. And, and I think that like the point is, is that when we can do work and get our work lined up mm-hmm. with our natural mm-hmm. giftings and callings that God has given us, because he's given all of us some, mm-hmm. um, when we get those things in order, it's like now it feels like you have the wind at your back and you're in roller skates going down a hill. It's like yeah, yeah. it just changes the game so much. And I know that this isn't a push button uh, thing for most people, like most people, this is something that takes years, you mm-hmm. know, or maybe even a decade or more to kind of to to happen. Like for me, I was stuck in that position for five, seven years. It seemed like just struggling, um, doing my best to work heartily into the Lord, even in the midst of it. Right. But I had a lot of years of struggle before I got into that position. Whatever the water, if you want to stick with this analogy, where sure. fish in the water type of thing. Uh, and so that's the thing that I think is really important to be after. But as believers, like we have this advantage where we can bring God into this equation and say, God, I want to, this is what, how I feel like you've gifted me. I want to move into this area. I know that right now I'm in a situation that is not that. Right. I don't know how to get from here to here, but God does. And so we have the opportunity to bring him into that conversation, invite him in, say, Lord, help me to get there where I think you need me to be and want mm-hmm. me to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think when we do that mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and we are open to however he's going to lead us there, because it's often different than we expect. That's it's right. often through acts yeah. of obedience that yeah. seem insane. Oh, yeah. Uh, but yeah. when we do that, that's when I think real, really cool things begin to happen. Yeah. No, absolutely. And then I, I think that's where you start to invest into God's kingdom and you're starting to invest your talents where they're most valuable and where you put your, you know, if you're for putting our treasure in things that are of God, then I think the, the, the fruit is only going to be good. And w- yeah. oftentimes, as you said, I think it looks different than what we might imagine or yeah. you know, even think, um, which is that it's cool because I think there's this curiosity element almost too of like, wow, I wonder what kind of God wants to do with this, you know, this gifting of mine, or is this, is this something yeah. that is going to actually t- start to take shape? And so, yeah. And I don't, I don't think it's there for, for accident, you know, like I don't right. think you accidentally right. have that thing that God put in you. And so, uh, yeah, yeah it's yep. just really important. I think yeah, it's really important that I think all believers mm-hmm. are chasing after that thing. You know, I mean, obviously chasing after the Lord, but within that, like, mm-hmm. keep chasing for those things that God has put in you because there's a reason mm-hmm. that they're there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So one of the, th- the things I was looking at here is thinking about giving um, and how that is part of, right, the, 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 the subtitle of your book is Achieve True Financial Freedom and design a life of eternal impact. So you read, you know, you look at f- the first part, financial freedom, and you'd think giving away your money isn't freedom, right? Or, or, or at least the, the initial reaction. But then you read it and you're like, wow, well, designing a life of eternal impact. And there's something as believers that is incredibly significant um, that I think God, that is God honoring in how we do our, how we think about our giving as a huge integral part of this financial picture. So can you just, just give us a little kind of overview or, you know, 30 second pitch kind of into this, into this segment as well? Yeah. So I think the thing that, um, is really 
important to understand is that like true you know this is our definition but true financial freedom isn't the way the world would describe it whatever having three million dollars in your ira or right. retiring at 40 right. or whatever like right. there's not necessarily wrong with those goals but that isn't freedom like i know people who have achieved that and and we've had some financial successes in our own life mm -hmm. and um there's plenty of people who are not free, free in those situations. Mm -hmm. Like that isn't freedom. Mm -hmm. Like it's Correct. not enough. Correct. You know, but there's Correct. a way, regardless of how much we earn, regardless of how much whatever uh, assets we have that we're managing, mm -hmm. um, where we can actually be free. And that's what I'm after. That's what I want. There's a way to do this thing where we are walking in trust with God, regardless of how much we have at the moment, how much is coming in or going out or whatever, mm -hmm. where we can mm -hmm. be completely free and not paralyzed by the fear of money, not. Um, mm -hmm. not doing something short-sighted, not being, you know, in guilt or shame because we're mm -hmm. not managing well. Like there's a way to do this and that's what I'm after. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, um, and so, you know, just for an example, what are, what are ways that we think of, or what are, what are some of the ways that you think of giving and how we're kind of investing in our, or not, yeah, well, I guess we are kind of sowing seeds in our giving as well. What, you yeah. know, for what does that look like for some people or what are some examples of how we can kind of, we, we can think about that? Yeah. Um, so I think one of my favorite things that has impacted me a lot in terms yeah. of giving is just this idea that, um, when we give, like, I think I always grew up just thinking when I give that's money that is lost, you know, so I have a hundred dollars, I give $10 away. Now yeah. I only have 90, the $10, whatever, it's just done and right. gone. It's, I'm never going to think about that again. But but there's something that's going on. We have a handful of Bible verses that kind of point to this. This idea of when mm. we give, we're storing up treasures in heaven. That's right. Yeah. It's like that's interesting. You know what I mean? Like when, and especially when we understand that we're eternal beings. Eternity is a long time, right. and we're on the earth for this tiny sliver of a time of eternity. Right. We have an right. opportunity, a limited opportunity, while we're on earth, in our giving, to store up treasures for heaven. That, mm -hmm. that are going to be eternal, that can't be taken from us. Mm -hmm. So like, we don't have tons of detail of what that all means, but there's something yeah. there. And so when I think of my financial success, if I'm only thinking of this earth and how long I'm on earth, like that's not a long enough horizon. Right. Like if I need to be thinking eternally, what does eternal financial success look like? And one component of it for sure is that we're sending some money ahead. We're, we're investing in eternity. Right, right. And the beautiful thing is we get to do that by giving to other people and making their lives better while we're on earth. So mm -hmm, mm -hmm. there's something there. And I mean, you know, we yeah. write about this a little bit in the book. Yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, that, that really changed my thinking with giving. It got me to a bit more excited about it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I You know, it's... So I think sometimes you think even just the small components too, and it doesn't have to be these, these large... Are not always these large yeah. giving efforts and I or at least the way I think about it even you know somebody who gave me a bible and mm -hmm. just you know this is 10 years back and how significant that was and I don't know yeah. if this person knew how significant it was but was the first personal bible I had and it was yeah. it was an act so of their good. own you know their own their own perhaps there was some sacrifice it was the extra thoughtfulness and then I know of other folks who, you know, or buy a Bible for, for, for kids for their, for their first Bible. Like, these are just very right. small examples of like, wow, like you are thinking about somebody else and are, you know, really modeling that, that Christ-like servanthood or that humility in giving to somebody else because it's bl more blessed to give than it is to receive. Yeah. 
And yeah, let me give you an example, yeah. something really cool, Tyler. So this was another impact moment I had, and I'm reminded of it based on what you're saying. When we first came and visited Franklin, Tennessee, I went to, we're staying in this hotel to kind of check it yeah. out. And we're le- we stayed one night, and we were leaving, and as we were leaving, I was getting ready to leave a tip for the uh, house cleaner. And I, I went into my wallet, and I was going to go grab a few bucks and throw them on the pillow. And all I had was a 20. And I looked at it, I'm like, oh, it's a little bit more than I want to give, but it's all I got. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, okay, I'll just do it. So I threw a right. 20 in the pillow. We walked out as she was walking in, and we start walking down the hallway towards the elevator. Yeah. And as soon as I press the button in the elevator, I hear someone running down the hall and yelling. Yeah. And I turn around, and it's the house cleaner. And she's in, almost in tears, jumping up and down, so excited about this $20 that we just gave her. And I walk, you know, Lynn and I get in the elevator, we go down to the car, and I'm like, that was $20. That was not that big of a deal for us, but that probably made her weak. Like, mm-hmm. this made such an impact on her, yeah. that small yeah. piece of generosity. There's yeah. no better, nothing else I could have spent that $20 on that would have given me as much joy as that moment did and had that amount of impact in her life. And from right. that moment, I've always just been thinking about that a little bit differently. Yeah. It's like, what can I do with this amount that seems insignificant to me, but that God can amplify and do a tremendous amount right. in someone else's life? Right, right. And I think that's the huge thing is just what God can do with it. And, it, you know, you yeah. can multiply it and, and turn it into far greater. And so I think that's, yeah. the, that's the exciting part. I love that. Awesome. And so just kind of as we, you know, as we conclude here, what, just kind of ending on the joy component of the, yeah, yeah you know what, this is, this doesn't have to be a, a negative, you know, all right, let's talk about money now. Let's sit down and, and really, you know, get our budget. Get, but, you know, there is this, there truly is this, this fulfillment and this, this enjoyment in, um, thinking of or really how we how we manage going back to what you mentioned earlier that everything that belongs to God giving it back to God and, and using it well and so just to kind of wrap up here what are some practical ways that we can enjoy and and really kind of live into that that fourth bucket here yeah yeah so I think uh, one of the things that we work to do in this book is my wife Linda is she's the bubbly joyful one and you know I'm, I'm trying to be as fun as possible but uh, I'm the more of the money nerd, and she is right. more of the, um, I call her the certified spender of all of our money. And so she's got a presence in the book. And right. part of mm-hmm. what she brings to this mm-hmm. dynamic in our relationship financially, but also mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. in sharing with our readers and listeners, mm-hmm. is just this idea of making things fun. And so I would say, you know, anybody's married, and even if you're not married, like, when do you do this money stuff? Like, find a way to wrap it in a sweet package. And so one of the things that would help with her, like when I was yeah. trying to get her on board and say, all right, let's talk about money. And she's like, no, I don't want to talk about money. Right. It's like, all right, right. well, let's right. do this. Let's go out to dinner to your favorite restaurant and let's go get dessert afterwards. And while we're doing that, let's talk about money. And suddenly it just changes this thing that otherwise, you know, she had no interest in doing yeah. to, all right, well, okay, I'm up for that. And, you know, and so you can do that with your spouse to pull them in. And if you're yeah. single, like it's the same way. Like one of the things I remember I used to do I always wanted to go to a prayer meeting. We had a weekly prayer meeting yeah. in our church, yeah. and I always found excuses not to and whatever. And so I finally said, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to reward myself. I'm going to stack something right after that. So every time I go to that, then I'm going to go over to this, whatever, ice cream shop and get a thing of ice cream. And so right. that was kind of like my hack for tricking myself yeah. Yeah. to do something that I really wanted to do but often didn't feel like doing. Yeah. And so that would be an encouragement as well. Yeah. It's like, all right. 
try to find some way to tack something on to make it a fun event, Mm -hmm. you know, because Mm -hmm. honestly, Mm -hmm. so much of this is just spending a little bit of time to actually dive in and do it. It's not, it's not that difficult. It just requires us to commit to it just a little bit. No, that's good. And I would agree. I think that there is this, this initial sigh or, okay, what, you know, let's set aside time next week to do it. And it's like this. Yeah. And so I, I, I love those kind of some of these examples of how we can, yeah, just enter into it in a, yeah. kind of in a better posture as well i'm sure when you're having a dessert you're you know you're a little <laughs> bit more a little bit more happy talking about this yeah. these, some of these exactly. things of where where we're cutting or where we're you know going to be a little bit more responsible in some of our spending so um bob thank you so much this has been a gift and um i'm excited to for listeners to to read and to start you know um investing more into their financial management as well yeah. and how and uh, the importance of it i think from uh from, from our faith and um, how Christ views money, you know, resources, and um, and all that good stuff. So, thank you so much. And where can where can we find you, or you know, and just b- where books are sold? I assume for getting a copy of the book. Yeah, wherever books are sold, and we have a URL, uh, simplemoneybook.com. Okay. So you can just go there and grab a copy. Um, the other thing I will say though, like Please, one of the yeah. things I, I we, we want to do, like we created a three day challenge based off of this book, pulling out three of the most important steps to get started um so anybody who wants to can just go check that out for free it's just threedaymoneychallenge.com and so anyone can go there grab that throw your email in we'll email you those three things and then and if you like that then you check out the rest of the book you know so it's a great way to kind of on-ramp into it yeah yeah fantastic all right well thank you so much bob it's been a joy yeah it's my pleasure thanks brother appreciate it thank you